Hello and welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, where inspiration and possibility meet on KDRT 95.7 FM. I believe there are many ways to live life. There are many journeys for us to take. I believe we can learn from others to see what is possible for ourselves. I believe there are possibilities for all of us, not just the ones who've acquired great success, but including those of us who have stumbled, lost our way, or only saw closed doors. With this show, maybe you can see a glimmer coming through the windows. I call that the windows of possibility. Each week, I bring a guest who represents those possibilities. They too have had their own struggles and uncertainty, yet somehow they have found their way. My guests are an example of what is possible when you continue, when you learn, leap, fall down, and get back up. I invite you into this space so you can ask yourself, if that is possible for them, what is possible for me? Really, ask yourself that. Today's guest is Carol Dweck. She is a world-renowned Stanford University psychologist and author of Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. Her groundbreaking research is breaking the myths of where success really comes from. We will discuss the power of one's mindset and how that leads to tapping one's full potential. And we'll also talk about early identifiers such as gate programs and academic, early athletic success, and labels. Hello, Carol. Yes. Okay, hello and welcome back. (laughs) So, um, first off, I want to, for the listeners who may be new to your material, is if you can just explain what growth mindset and what fixed mindset are. Exactly. When people have a fixed mindset, they believe that their basic talents and abilities are just fixed traits. You have a certain amount, and that's that. Some people have a lot. Some people only have a little. But when people have a growth mindset, they understand that talents and abilities and all personal qualities can be developed through hard work and good teaching. They don't necessarily think everyone's the same or anyone could be anything, although they might, Um, but they understand that everybody can learn and improve. That's pretty empowering right there when people realize that that mindset, the way that you think, your belief system, can really determine the actions you take, correct? Yes. When people have a fixed mindset, they worry about how smart they are, how how talented they'll look. So they tend not to take on challenges where they might make mistakes. They tend to give up more easily and get defensive when things don't go well. But people with a growth mindset, their ego isn't on the line. They're not worried about how smart they are right now. They want to get smarter going forward. So they jump into tasks. They stick with them. They overcome obstacles. And they achieve more. And do you find that um, some people are more lined up in the growth mindset than the fixed mindset or vice versa? It's about equal numbers of people who have a growth or a fixed mindset. But I also should point out you can have a growth mindset in one area, say athletic ability, believing it can be developed, but a fixed mindset in another area like intellectual ability, if you believe it can't be developed. So people can differ in their mindsets. And so a fixed mindset in one area will um, create obstacles for you there, but a growth mindset in another area may open doors for you there. Isn't that interesting how one person can, in different areas of their life, have self-eliminating behaviors? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because people think, many people think, oh, if you teach 
kids a growth mindset with respect to athletics. They'll carry it back to their schoolwork. But it doesn't happen automatically. It has to be taught in each separate area. And so, um, and in your book, Mindset, you, you share that you had a fixed mindset. Yes. I was very, very invested in um, being smart. Uh, my sixth, I grew up in the heyday of the IQ test. My sixth grade teacher seated us around the room in IQ order. And so, you know, your claim to fame was how smart you were. And I carried that with me. Uh, it was my work that changed me when I discovered there was another mindset that was very freeing and allowed you to use your intellectual potential to, to the fullest. I worked very hard to shed my fixed mindset. And so what did you notice about the work that you did once you were in your growth mindset versus when you were in your fixed mindset? Well, first, when, even when I started out doing this research many years ago, I saw that when I gave um, kids problems that were too hard for them to solve, some of them cringed or folded up, but others said things like, I love a challenge, or I was hoping this would be informative. And I thought, where are these kids coming from? Mm -hmm. I thought, well, maybe you cope with failure or you don't, but do you love it? And then I, right then, I swore that I would discover their secret and bottle it. And what I learned over the years was that um, this growth mindset makes you excited about difficult challenges. It makes you jump into them with relish. It makes you not be stopped by mistakes or setbacks. And for you to be able to look at... Go ahead. No, go ahead. So for you to be able to even look at these kids and realize that there was a difference, I mean, you had to be in your growth mindset a bit, didn't you, to see this learning and questioning why are they like this? Uh, yes. Well, I didn't see, uh, I saw the possibility of a growth mindset at that point. But, you know, I think many of us have a mixture. There are times when we're in very evaluative situations, someone's judging us and we're feeling like we have fixed traits and we better look good, mm -hmm. but other times when people are very nurturing and are helping us learn, we might be in more of a growth mindset. So I think we, we all understand both mindsets, uh, but we might favor different ones uh, as we go through life. And your, your research with mindset, I mean, it's not just applicable on, upon kids. Mm -hmm. It's in so many other areas. Can you share that with my listeners? Yes. Um, there's been a lot of research in business now showing that a growth mindset leads to better performance. We also have research now showing that when employees believe that their company has uh, predominantly a growth mindset. They're more satisfied. They are more likely to engage in teamwork rather than trying to be the lone superstar. And they feel supported by their organization. We have, and others, have done research on relationships showing that a growth mindset, the belief that people can grow, leads to much more um, productive problem solving instead of kind of storing up disappointments and bitterness. Sports is another area where mindsets have a big impact. Athletes are constantly um, encountering setbacks or slumps or losses, and the way that they react to those losses will have a big effect on how successful they are going forward. Oh, health. 
we're now finding that people with a growth mindset about their health, understanding that they can do things to make themselves healthier, um, have greater adherence to um, medical regimes, you know, take their medication more effectively, follow the diet more effectively, exercise more regularly. So it, it sort of, it, it, it's applicable to so many different areas. Well, it's fascinating because when you can really understand the growth mindset and the fixed mindset, isn't a fixed mindset a kind of a self-eliminating um, mindset? Yes, yes. It's extremely limiting um, because before you engage in something, you have to think through, will I look smart? Can I do it without mistakes? If it doesn't go well at first, in a fixed mindset, your inclination is get out of there before you hum- humiliate yourself. Uh, so um, it is very, very self-limiting. It doesn't say, hey, jump in, give it all you've got, and see what happens. Yeah, because that, that provides risk, right? Exactly. And risk is not what you want in a growth mindset. You want to feel you're smart, you're talented. You mean in a fixed mindset. Yeah, excuse me, in a fixed (laughs) mindset. You want to feel you're smart, you're talented. And so you're not going to venture into this dangerous territory. Mm -hmm. Well, and that reminds me of when I was a kid. I was um, identified as gate. So for, we have worldwide listeners, but in the state of California, that's the gifted and talented, and it's done in elementary school, and um, once you're identified, you stay in the skate program, and for mine, it was self-contained, but I always, and I grew up with a fixed mindset, Mm -hmm. and it was, you're either perfect or you're not, you're either smart or you're not, Mm -hmm. and it was very outcome-driven, you know, I had a, and I had, my mother was a tiger mother, but I'm half, <laughs> Asi- I'm half Asian, and, and I understand her intentions, and that was her culture, her, you know, her family of origin. If you didn't do well, you would get segmented out, right, mm-hmm. growing up in her, in her culture. So, um, but I felt like a phony. I didn't understand why I was switching schools, and then I was in this program, and I thought, why well, I don't belong here, you know, and I was in this fixed mindset. So I became afraid to really show up. Because if I showed up and made a mistake, mm-hmm. then they would realize that I shouldn't be there. Yes. A fixed mindset often creates these perfectionistic standards. Each mistake can reveal that you're not as smart as you want to be or um, you're not as smart as people think you are. It creates a lot of fear in students. In a growth mindset, mistakes are a natural part of learning. And so in a, a growth mindset classroom, mistakes are seized and hailed, and teachers ask, who made a great mistake, and kids wave their hands furiously. It's a different world. You know, and I wonder if it's changing in the classroom. My kids are now part of a Montessori program. Mm. And... Um, so, and I think in that culture, you know, where there's group learning, there's, there's uh, peer teaching, um, I th- you know, and it doesn't seem to me that they get that message they can't make the mistake. But I feel like myself and so many of my peers, I'm yeah. 40 years old, right, we grew up in this era that you had to be perfect. There's still a lot of perfectionism these days with there's so much pressure to achieve and get into the right schools. Mm -hmm. The Montessori method has always incorporated something like a growth mindset. It makes children's learning visible. It makes mistakes part of the process. Um, But in many schools, there's still this emphasis just on the outcome and just on who's smart and who's not. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, isn't that creating kind of a hierarchy? Yes, it is creating a hierarchy. And 
uh, it, yes, it's creating the haves and the have-nots. And it's also conveying that this hierarchy is permanent. Mm-hmm. Which goes so contrary, Carol, to like the American dream. Yes. <laughs> right? The stories yes. that we love to hear about. The American dream is anyone, through hard work, uh, can do and be anything. And, you know, in, in with some lucky breaks, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the fixed mindset does not mesh with the American dream. It says some people have it, some people don't, and only the ones who have it can do anything or be anything. And so what do you think about, like, early identifiers? So in academics, we obviously have GATE. You know, in athletics, which is a huge part of my world, you know, parents will see a child's young success and think that's an early identifier. And it, it's, it's almost like these stamps of, yes, my kid has that golden torch that's going to carry them through. Mm-hmm. I think... First and foremost, all children must be challenged. And at any given time, some children may be operating at a higher level in a subject, and they need to be challenged. Mm -hmm. But scholars in the area of gifted and talented youth are now saying that these tools we use to identify kids aren't telling us the whole story, and the answer we get from these tools is not permanent, Um, that giftedness or talent can blossom at any time. The child who is identified as gifted in third grade may be average in eighth grade, and the child who is not identified as gifted in third grade may be incredible in eighth grade. So we have to really look at children as individuals who um, may, whose um, interests and abilities may wax and wane. Mm-hmm. A child who doesn't take on challenges and work hard is not, not going to be the leader of the pack forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we have to be sensitive to who's blossoming and uh, making sure that those kids are challenged as well. In sport, a lot of the kids who are identified early are not the ones who become the great athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have encountered recently a, a soccer coach for kids He takes on the kids who are enthusiastic, not the ones who look talented. And he's been winning year after year because these kids want to practice like crazy, are improving like crazy, show incredible teamwork, not like the kids who are going around thinking, well, it's fixed and I have it. So he keeps creating winning team after winning team with kids that other teams might not even want mm-hmm. yet. Um, my listeners have heard me talk about this, but uh, my husband had an Olympic swimmer this past summer who made the team and went to London, and he actually went to high school down in your area at Bellarmine High School. Um, and his coach, who had also had another Olympian come through the high school, Pablo Morales, had stated publicly that You know, Scott was a pretty good high school swimmer, but he never thought he had the Olympic potential. Mm -hmm. And and I think Scott's story is such great, like, evidence of what you talk about with mindset. Yeah. Right? Because you talk about it in your book about the physical build. I mean, if you looked at him, you wouldn't look at him and think, wow, he's this elite athlete. Yeah. But he he, he had such, and it was a seven-year process for him of developing when, when he's been working with my husband for seven years. But it was a seven-year process of developing and letting go of the outcome, Mm -hmm. but working on the process, focusing on the process, focusing on the process, where he really transformed himself, and then he became an Olympian, 
But physically still, he's not this ginormous athlete. He's kind of still tiny. Um, That's fascinating. But it was his mindset. You know, yes. He, he really I, started to believe. Yes. And I think there's something people don't realize, that a great outcome is a function of the process. It's a byproduct mm-hmm. of the process. When we teach kids a growth mindset, they enjoy learning, and as a byproduct, they earn higher grades or they get higher scores on the achievement test. But I wanted to also say one more thing about sports. Um, A few years back, I spoke to the top athletes in another country, and they told me that not one of them had been number one as a teenager. Mm -hmm. The number ones coasted on their natural talent Mm -hmm. and disappeared. The people I was talking to who were going to the Olympics or the world championships, you know, they were number eight or 14, and they knew they had to engage in a process to get to the top. They did engage in the process, and they did get to the top. And and isn't that just so empowering because you realize that if you have effort, right, Mm-hmm. That it's as and as you say in your book, mindset. It's transformational. Yeah, and it's it's effort. It's focus. It's um, trying new strategies. It's finding good mentors. It's a whole process of getting better at something. You know, we hear a lot nowadays. Focus on your strengths. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not saying don't focus on your strengths. But the people who get to the top also address their weaknesses, the weaknesses that would hold them back. Ooh, thank you for sharing that, because you're right, there has been so much about focus on your strength. Can you say more about why it's important to look at your weaknesses? Yes. Uh, first of all, you shouldn't assume your weaknesses are fixed. They could be areas in which you didn't have a lot of practice or experience. They could be areas in which you didn't have good instruction or good role models. Uh, So I think it's critical to look at what weaknesses of yours might be holding you back and how you might work on them. Uh, Find find, um, good instruction or uh, consciously address them and take steps to shore them up. Uh, again, people who are very successful have often systematically addressed the weaknesses that would have held them back. So they, and when they go about looking at their weaknesses, again, it's not a determination of their ability, correct? Exactly. Oh, so in a fixed mindset, you would never look at your weaknesses. <laughs> You know, you sweep them under the rug and hope nobody notices. And also in a fixed mindset, people tell us they feel inadequate and anxious Mm -hmm. when they're trying to do something they don't know how to do or they're making mistakes or even when they're trying hard to do something difficult. But in a growth mindset, looking at your weaknesses is neutral. It, it doesn't mean you're inadequate or, or that you're, uh, you lack aptitude. It means you're looking for things you have to learn. Can that ever lead to overwhelm? A growth mindset doesn't mean you have to do everything or learn everything that you can. It just means that in the areas you care about, improvement is possible. So, for instance, I don't cook, mm-hmm. and I'm not really wanting to cook, so that doesn't mean that I'm a fixed mindset? No. You could believe um, cooking is a, an acquired set of skills. I could learn those skills, mm-hmm. but I'm not interested, and you're entitled to be not interested. The growth mindset doesn't force you to be interested in cooking. <laughs> I need to be a connoisseur in everything. 
there's your perfectionism again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and so when, when we look at our weaknesses, if you have the growth mindset then, are you saying that you're not going to feel that overwhelmed because you're going to realize that you don't have to learn everything. You can pick areas to work on right. to apply your effort to. Right. So y- you look at uh, where you want to go and you see that there are weaknesses that are holding you back. And uh, you say, what can I do about them? For example, coaches tell me that there are fixed mindset athletes. Let's take soccer again. Mm-hmm. Um well, this guy is a superstar kicking with his right foot, but he doesn't know, he doesn't kick well with his left foot. In a fixed mindset, that guy says, oh, that's my weakness. I'll just focus on my right foot. But in a growth mindset, the guy says, or woman, says, um, okay, if I learned with my right foot, I can learn with my left foot. It will just take a lot of practice. And it will add something really important to my game. And it sounds a lot more compassionate than like a dictator saying that you have to do this. Yes. And that would would seem to me that you would get more inspired action versus, you know, when I feel like I have to do something or mm-hmm. when I believe that, mm-hmm. the, the inner rebel inside of me kind of shows up. Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So it's not that a growth mindset deprives you of choice. It allows you to make more choices. And doesn't that create more sustainability? Yes, 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 it does create more sustainability if you feel you're making this choice to improve. And also, in a growth mindset, um, another way that it supports sustainability is it supports your intrinsic motivation. If you have a setback, you don't say, oh, I don't like this anymore. Or if you have to work hard at something, you don't say, oh, this is a real drag. You say, no, I'm choosing to get better. In a fixed mindset, people tell us when something is hard or they experience setbacks. They lose that joy. They lose the interest, the what we call intrinsic motivation. Because if your main goal is to look great, to look talented, to look smart, it's no fun when you're struggling and not looking smart. Well, and isn't that hard to measure because look great for who? Exactly. And in a fixed mindset, it could be you need to feel smart all the time for yourself, but also you need to show the world that you have it, the high IQ or the talent. This is Corinne Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It. My guest today is Stanford professor Carol Dweck, and she's the author of Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. So, Carol, one of the things that I wanted to focus your mindset and your research on was about people with their, developing their own full potential, right? We've ta- and one of the things that I wanted to ask you was, do you see that people can intellectually understand growth mindset but live still in their practical reality is still more in a fixed mindset? Yes. Um, once people... Uh, learn about the mindsets and they think, oh, a growth mindset is good to have. (laughs) Some people really go and get it and work hard to develop it, and some people just tell themselves they have it, even if they don't. Mm -hmm. Um, Developing a growth mindset really involves, uh, first and foremost, listening to that fixed mindset voice in your head that's telling you, oh, stay away from that, it's too hard, don't do that, you might make a mistake, don't say that, you might be wrong and people will laugh or um, things like that that discourage you. You have to start hearing that. Or when you're working hard at something, hear the fixed mindset voice saying, hey, you're not really good at this. If you were really good at it, you wouldn't have to work so hard. Or when you have a setback, 
fixed mindset voice saying, get out now while you still can before the whole world knows you can't do it. Once you uh, start listening to this voice, then start answering it back, what would you say in a growth mindset? Oh, this is, this is a hard task. I'm going to absolutely do it so I can stretch myself and learn. This is hard. Well, hard, that just means good, challenging, <laughs> something you could profit from. If it was easy, it would be a waste of time, a setback. What does that tell me about what I should do next? What would be a good strategy to try next? So start hearing those fixed mindset voices and start answering back with a growth mindset. Um, So Dan Coyle, who wrote The Talent Code, and he mentions you quite a bit in his book, um, he talks about, and he was just on my show recently, but he was talking about how we in some ways we seek comfort and ease which is contrary to how we develop talent or skill sets yes i think we often do seek comfort and ease and um people in a fixed mindset say that's when they feel really good about themselves when something is comfortable when they're in their comfort zone, when something's easy and they're sure to do well. Uh, that's why you can't just tell kids, oh, work harder or um, it's good to be challenged. You have to address their mindset first. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a growth mindset is taught, when we teach students, for example, or anyone a growth mindset, we teach them that every time they push out of their comfort zone to learn something new, the neurons in their brain make new connections. And over time, they get smarter and smarter. The goal is to make effort, straining, pushing out of your comfort zone, feel good because that's the time you're creating these new neural connections and really profiting. We teach kids easy, comfortable. Not only is it boring, it's a waste. It's a waste of time. You could be learning and getting smarter. So, okay, so with that, my mom would take what you were saying and say, see, you must, because I used to be the kid, the gate kid going to school. I'd have gate homework, and then I'd have my mom's homework. Mm-hmm. And she would say, see, this is all really good. You need to do extra effort because there's going to be a better outcome. You're going to get those straight A's. I'm it's- often asked, um, <laughs> how is your framework different from Tiger Mom? Uh-huh. <clears throat> and it is because a growth mindset puts the emphasis first and foremost on learning, on the process of learning on the depth of learning, on the enjoyment of learning, and not the end product. The end product comes naturally out of learning well. So um, whereas Tiger Mom just kind of focuses on the product, we did a study of pre-med chemistry students. They were in this uh, their killer organic chemistry course which was the gateway to the pre-med curriculum that they were all dying to be part of. The students with the growth mindset said they cared even more about learning than about grades. Grades were important, but they said they cared more more about learning. And we showed that through this valuing of learning and their depth of learning, they earned higher grades. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference between um, focusing on the outcome in a tiger momish way versus focusing on the process and letting the outcome be a natural extension of engaging in the process well and deeply. 
So the way I, I guess the language that I speak is I talk a lot about how we have tend to have these kind of all or nothing mentalities, mm-hmm. right? And it's more about there's, and that's like black and white thinking. And so I talk about the space in between is shades of color. Yeah. And so it, that, that's what it sounds like. Okay, there's effort in, you know, doing your best effort and, you know, and doing, having personal challenges because that becomes transformational and mm-hmm. fulfilling your potential. But there's a different shade because it's about the, the effort is about focusing on the process. Whereas like with a tiger mom, for instance, the effort is er, the, 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 it's about focusing on the outcome, getting mm-hmm. that A, right? Yeah. Um, making a certain amount of money, being exactly. a certain weight. It's like, you know, having a certain time in swimming or making a certain number of goals in soccer. Right. Instead of focusing on enjoying the process and the practice and the wanting to learn more and more about it. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And what, so what is the definition of success for a growth mindset? Uh, the definition of success is giving your all uh, to develop skills that you value, giving your all toward a goal that you value. And in my book, I talk about a lawyer who spent seven years on a case that he lost. Mm -hmm. And he said, I wouldn't have done anything differently. He valued that case. He performed a great public service. And the fact that it didn't happen to have the outcome he hoped was regrettable. He was very sad about that, but he felt very good about what he did. John Wooden, the great coach of UCLA basketball team who won, that won 10 national championships, he only required the players to give all in practice and in games. And if they did, he was 100% satisfied, regardless of whether they won or lost. He was angry. If they didn't give all and won, he didn't, he didn't think that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if a child gets an A but didn't learn anything in a course, they should feel cheated, not proud. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I spent high school figuring out what was the biggest shortcut to get that A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've definitely changed on that part because I'm not about the – I realize – and this is also why I'm just so much more fascinated to learn, and I've mm-hmm. learned so much more as an adult, mm-hmm. because I'm just fascinated with the information that's out there, versus, and it doesn't define me. Yes, exactly. And you're doing this wonderful service, bringing all this information to so many people. Well, thank you. Um, so, with... When people want to, because so often, right, uh, people, ha- they have hope, they, they want to have a better life, personally, mm-hmm. right? They maybe want to have better health, or they want to have better relationships, or a better job, and they see all this information about how to do that, but then they go, well, it's just not possible for me. Mm-hmm. So you had talked about... Developing this growth mindset first is about listening to the fix, not ignoring it. Why is it important to not ignore the fixed mindset? Because uh, it's important not to ignore it because the fixed mindset voice has a lot of power. And you have to understand when it's controlling you because it's making you feel anxious mm-hmm. um, when something's difficult or, or when, for example, if uh, there's someone that you're interested in going out with and the fixed mindset voice may make you uh, nervous may make you run away from that person so you won't make a fool of yourself you won't embarrass yourself at any given moment it makes you want comfort over um, over action Mm -hmm. 
And if you don't see how it's controlling you, you can't counteract it effectively. So that that makes sense because I think sometimes people will say, "Oh, well, that's a that's a bad behavior." Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm just going to ignore that over there, and I'm just going to focus on the growth. Yes. But but isn't that like, you know, when you have a a room that is becoming the catch-all room and you just keep the door shut, but every time you walk by, you know, and you can just feel like, oh, you just feel heavy as you walk by that room. Yes, exactly. And that room is getting worse and worse (laughs) and you know it's there. You can't really get it out of your head. I think, you know, people can um, try to take growth mindsets steps, like taking on challenges, sticking to it. Uh, But I think it's even more effective if you understand what has been preventing you from from acting that way. So after you start to listen, and then you start to answer back, Mm -hmm. when you're answering back, are you growing more neurons in your brain? You're laying down those growth mindset pathways. Okay. (laughs) It becomes a more natural way of thinking. Yeah. And so is that what helps people then to live, to really live the growth mindset versus talking about it, but living a fixed? Yes, yes. And they've got to really push themselves to do things they wouldn't ordinarily do. I teach a a freshman seminar here at Stanford that talks about the mindset. And I make the student, I give them an assignment to do something outrageously growth mindset way out of their comfort zone, but in the service of a skill they want to develop. Mm -hmm. So the shy ones will go up to many, many people and start conversations, and they'll say, hey, it isn't that hard to make friends. Mm -hmm. Or they'll sign up for some um, dance class. They always wanted to dance and were afraid of it. Or they'd They'll open their mind to critical feedback on something. So, you know, we all, and and invariably they see not only didn't it kill them, but, wow, I got better at this. Mm -hmm. And then that gives them evidence Mm -hmm. and then maybe a little bit more courage for them to go try something else. Yeah. Or to try it again in a Mm -hmm. different way. And then that, so that's that practice that they're developing, right? Mm -hmm. Because then they practice. And so um, with the effort bit, I have a question for you because, you know, some days we wake up and we have lots of energy and we can, our output can be tremendous. Mm -hmm. And some days we wake up and (laughs) we're doing our best effort, but it's not to the same capacity. Yeah, uh, that's true. A couple of things come to mind. First of all, growth mindset isn't just about effort. It's about looking for places to grow. It's about focusing, trying new strategies. Uh, And it's not just about working hard. Okay, and thank you for that clarification. Mm -hmm. And then what are your thoughts about, um, especially in this high-achievement world, that most of us live in or many of us live in and about having space or rest from this effort. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, I think that's great. I think that um, rest, relaxation, diversion, it's really important. It helps um, you know, clear out your mind and give you a perspective on what you're doing. Uh, the growth mindset doesn't say never rest because mm-hmm. um, you could be, you know, every minute resting is not a minute improving. It doesn't <laughs> uh, force you to be working all the time. It just tells you that you can get better at things you value Ooh. when you want to. Oh, I love that. You can get better at things you value when you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have some examples of growth mindset learning strategies 
Yeah. I think, um, first of all, when you get up in the morning, you ask yourself, what challenges will I take on today? Or what would I like to learn today or improve at today or try today? Um, So you're confronting the day with an eye toward exercising your growth mindset. And then you create those opportunities or take those opportunities throughout the day to learn things that you um, had hoped to learn to um, you might want to talk to someone who has information that you could learn from. Um, That reminds me of a very interesting study that came out recently. Uh, People in a fixed mindset don't profit from successful role models. They're intimidated by them. They feel inferior. They feel discouraged. I'll never get there. People in a fixed mindset feel inferior inspired by successful role models. Oh, wow. So a very important growth mindset strategy is seek out people who know more than you do or who perform better than you do and have them (laughs) tell you what they do and show you how they do it. I think that is an incredible growth mindset strategy because people around us are such amazing resources. Uh, In a fixed mindset, you don't want to admit that you have a need or that you're ignorant about something. But in a growth mindset, you really mine those resources. So, Carol, as you said that, I'm like, oh, well, that's what the show does, right? (laughs) I seek out these experts. But that was part of my fixed mindset going, see, that's a checkbox. <laughs> I'm doing it correctly. <laughs> uh, no, I do believe, obviously, in, in, in reaching out to people who do know more because mm-hmm. there's such a wealth of knowledge out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it takes practice to do the work. Do you find in this day and age people want the quick fix? They want the transformation, but it needs to happen rapidly or yeah. within X amount of time. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Yeah. I think people are craving instant fame. Mm-hmm. And they need to know that their sports heroes worked for years to get where they are. Or their movie star heroes also worked really hard and continue to work really hard. It's not that they kind of suddenly appeared on major league teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this idea that you'll be instantly famous or instantly rich, even the people who have these tremendously successful startups, um, you know, maybe some of them hit it their first time, but they worked incredibly hard. But for a lot of them, it's their time or seventh time. Mm-hmm. And one thing that makes Silicon Valley so successful is that failures are expected and they're embraced. They're a sign of experience. Wow. And, you know, I think the other thing is that w- what happens is, say, you know, a LeBron James shows up on in our awareness, right? Mm-hmm. We're seeing him when he becomes exactly. the star. We're not seeing the process it took to get there. And still take yes. to stay there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so the, my other question is about, you know, because people can listen to us and go, but but I, you know, um, like one of the examples in your book was Lee Iacocca, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he was a fixed mindset, but look at how successful he was. What do you have to say to that? Yeah, it's not that every person with a fixed mindset is doomed. It's limiting. Um, he was deposed because he wouldn't change. 
Mm-hmm. He wouldn't develop new skills. He wouldn't develop new ideas. And he was uh, threatened when he had talented people around him. Uh, so he could have been even greater mm-hmm. had he um, been open to learning, um, been open to having really talented people at his side. And and that's the that's the key to our talk today. It's about living your fullest potential. So you're saying that somebody like him may have not lived to his fullest potential. Exactly. Okay. And so, Carol, before we wrap up today, what are two takeaways that um, listeners can do to start to practice living this more growth mindset? Well. Everything in the framework of learning, uh, the first thing would be take on a big challenge, something you've always wanted to do but were afraid to try. And the second thing is find mentors. Find people who have the skills you want and learn from them. Oh, that's great. Well, Carol, thank you so much for coming back again today. You're very, very welcome. This is Corinne Modekaitis, and you've been listening to How She Really Does It. My guest today was Carol Dweck. She is the author of Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. Anything we discuss will be on my website next week with links referring to what we discussed. Thanks for listening. Early morning, fog is lifting. She's in a rowboat on a lake. She is dreaming. She is drifting.